During the COVID shutdowns of the spring of 2020, I was doing a lot of my schoolwork out on my deck. Now, what I would do is I would bring my TV upstairs from my dugout, which, if you don't know, it's my office. But since it's all baseball theme, I don't call it a man cave. I call it a dugout. Anyway, I brought the TV up, put it outside on the deck with me, and there I would plan my lessons, create my lessons, respond to emails, great assignments, you know, because we were all virtual at that time, while I was watching TV. My wife and I have cut the cable cord for well over a decade, so we rely upon streaming services such as Hulu and Netflix to watch TV, and of course some of the newer streaming services as well. But while I was doing work on my deck, and the summer atmosphere started to move in, I decided I wanted to watch some summer music. And where's the best place to go for that but YouTube? Not YouTube TV, just good old regular YouTube. And being honest, my go-to app now on my TV is YouTube. It just seems whatever thought in my head that I want to watch, if I type it in a YouTube search bar, some creator made a video for it. So now with the writers and actors strike now heading towards its fifth month. So on this episode of your parent-teacher conference, I am going to make some suggestions of YouTube channels that you can watch that may, like me, help you favor some creator in his basement somewhere over a group of people shuttered in a room in some high-rise in Los Angeles. Teachers, are your digital assignments getting lost in the black hole of a digital folder? Can I suggest a solution? Fan School. Fan School is a safe and social learning network where students own and share their learning. Think of Fan School as a digital bulletin board for your students' work. Take a look. Go to fan.school today. That is fan.school. And imagine what your classroom space will look like on Fan School. Welcome to your parent-teacher conference, where a 24-7 parent and full-time teacher discusses issues and concerns from both points of view in an attempt to bridge the gap for the sake of kids. So relax, grab a coffee or other comfort drink, and let's talk about it. Hello and welcome to your parent-teacher conference. This is Coach Culling, your host, and typically on these episodes, I talk of issues that are concerned to teachers, to parents, a lot of times concerns to both groups. And we try to find a common sense approach for the sake of the kids. You know, that's what the driving force is for teachers. That's what the driving force is absolutely for parents. And although this isn't really of an educational nature, I think both parents and teachers will benefit from listening to this episode. It could be possibly just for your entertainment and your downtime to hear some of these YouTube suggestions that you may not have known. But some of the channels I bring up may be of interest to your child as well. But as always, if you like what you hear and you think other people benefit from hearing this, 
please feel free to share this podcast with friends. Just copy the link, send it out, tell tell your friends, hey, you need to take a listen to this guy. He makes some great suggestions, or you really start to get you to think about things from a different direction. You can tell them, look for the Parent Teacher Conference podcast on Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, Amazon Music. Tell them I am the guy with the mug covering his mug with the baseball hat on. There is another Parent Teacher Conference podcast that has started up recently, so mine is the guy with the baseball hat. Of course, if you have your own YouTube suggestions, maybe you would like me to share them for our other listeners, or just to say hi, maybe to comment on another episode. I love it when I get emails from listeners. So please reach out to me at ptcpodcast411 at gmail.com. P is in parent, T is in teacher, C is a conference podcast, 411. It's all one word, ptcpodcast411 at gmail.com. So like I said, I started out just, while, I think it was the Eagles. When I was a kid, I, I really enjoyed the Eagles. I had several of their albums. And I found online an old concert footage of the Eagles. So I was watching it. And of course, what started happening is the YouTube algorithm started spitting out more and more music-related channels. So I am going to share two that I really enjoy. If in, it's going to be more of a rock mode. That's typically where I line up, my musical taste line up. But I think these are done very well. The one thing I, I really you need to get over is some of these are not going to be Hollywood productions. But YouTube creators have come a long way. We're not talking like a TikTok video where somebody's just taking it with their cell phone. There's edits and cuts. Often they add, the, in this case, the music that they're describing. So the first person I am going to talk about, the first channel you should really listen to if you like rock music and you want to know more about songs and artists, I would turn to the YouTube channel, The Professor of Rock. And it's run by a guy who wears a fedora. His name is Adam Reeder. My understanding is that he wanted to make go of it in the music world. He actually won a big competition over a decade ago. But he was newly married, had a young child, and he just couldn't go out on tour. But he loved music, and it was a great connection. And he often shares this about this was a true connection he had with his dad. It was, And his dad has sadly passed away. They shared their love for music, and this guy has become a walking encyclopedia of the rock era. Even though he's a musician himself, I actually didn't know that until I researched this. When you watch The Professor of Rock, you get the feel of, and I, this is why I enjoy it, that Mr. Reader, when he sits down and shares with you a song or songs from a certain year or interviews top artists. I mean, he's interviewing Annie Wilson of Heart. He interviewed John Oates of Hall and Oates. He's interviewed the, the biggest one is the elusive Brian Wilson of the Beach Boys. I mean considered one of the greatest rock composers, artists of all time. But when he presents material and when he interviews these stars, you don't get the feeling that it's a professional interviewer. He does a great job. You get the feeling he's you. He's a fan. And that's why I like the show. 
even though, like I said, he's a musician, he does have an unbelievable knowledge of the music scene from the 50s to the present, he doesn't come across as a know-it-all. He comes across as the average just fan who likes throwing a vinyl record on the turntable every so often, just listening away and wondering what lyrics mean. And now he has the opportunity to go to some of these artists who wrote those lyrics and say, hey, what does this mean? Or he even says, like, you know, when I listen to this part of the song, this is what I'm thinking. And the and I, I'm sure it must be such a thrill to hear the artist shoot back with, that's it. That's exactly what I was going for when I wrote that part of the song. So my first YouTube channel suggestion is The Professor of Rock by Adam Reeder. But I'm going to give you one more rock-inspired channel. As Adam Reeder comes from a fan's perspective, Rick Beato comes at music from a musician's perspective. Rick Beato is a sessions player. He's a producer. And I guess he got started on YouTube because he played a video, created a video of his son. And he said, my son has perfect pitch. Watch this. And it got millions of views. And this encouraged him to start a YouTube channel. So Beato, what he does differently than Reader is he actually takes the song and breaks it down musically for you. So it's more technical. I got to be honest. I played a little bit of bass guitar. I played the baritone for about a year. Not, not a big musician whatsoever. But he does it in a way that I am sure a person who is technical and a person like me who kind of gets the concept of times and notes a little bit, he keeps you interested. And if you've been listening to this channel, often I say the mark of a genius is the ability to take something complicated and break it down so a novice understands what you're talking about. And I think Beato does that when he explains the chord progressions and why they fit the song. I think he does that very well. He also has interviews. And the one I would suggest for you to find is the one where he interviews Sting. Now, Sting's a few years older than him, but think of it this way. As Beato is in high school learning songs, playing in front of people, the police have come out. And now to be sitting down, I can only imagine what this was like. And he talks about this, the thrill of sitting down across what well, he says, like one of my heroes. I'm talking to Sting of the police or and Sting, of course, of his great solo career as well. Great interview. And he also does some interviews like Reader does. So it's not just about the technical aspects of your favorite rock and roll songs. So those are the two I would suggest. I, I believe Rick Beato, if you type in B-E-A-T-O, I think it's called Everything Music is his channel. So the two music channels dealing with more rock and roll that I would suggest, and they put out videos on a regular basis, are The Professor of Rock with Adam Reeder and Everything Music by Rick Beato. Now, of course, it's kind of funny that my pull into YouTube was music when I'm really known for being a sports guy. My nickname since my first year of teaching was Coach. So you probably would have thought, I would have started introducing Sports Channel. My pull into YouTube would have been sports-related videos. And I've used YouTube for years to watch sports-related videos. I really have. It was just that it just happened to be the music was the draw to really get me to use YouTube as my source of vegging out in front of the boob tube. 
So, next up are my sports suggestions. Now, I am going to come, my, my favorite sport is baseball. Football is probably second, and not current football. I'm really not. You know, it's funny. I'm in a fantasy football league for the last two years with some buddies from college. It's been a lot of fun. The banter of some of the guys at each other. It just reminds me of being in the dorms floors again or being in the locker room of because some of the guys were on my baseball team. It just reminds me of all that all over again. So that's been fun. But I don't follow the game as much as some of these guys. That might be a good and bad thing. Like when you draft, it's probably a good thing I don't follow football as much as I do any did at one point anymore because I don't have an emotional pull. I just look at, okay, who are the best players available at this moment and what do I need? What's my team need? I don't get pulled in by, oh, but Aaron Rodgers is my favorite quarterback. Oh, I should take, even though he's on the back end of his career. And when you're an older guy, you can say stuff like that now. He is on the back end of his career. I mean, I'm 15 years older than him. So I'll start with football. I'll give you a channel that I like because it brings up past games, the, the football games of my youth, the ones that I remember. And if you're not as old as me, they're gonna bring up he's gonna bring up games from mostly the 70s and 80s. And he'll bring up issues that some of them I didn't know because I was a young kid. I probably wasn't following as much, and there was no ESPN when I was first watching the NFL. But he also brings up issues that I do remember and I forgot. I'm like, oh my gosh, I remember that that was a problem. The channel is called Jaguar Gator 9. Obviously a guy from Florida. Again, this is not going to be the top quality documentary type of thing. Beato's and Reader's channel are going to be more what you're used to in a small documentary type show. But for information and providing of clips... The guy who runs Jaguar Gator 9 does a great job. Even if you didn't grow up in my era, I would suggest you watch it just to get a feel. The game was a little different. It, the passing game was not as wide open. It was just getting there. It, you know, I remember the rule change that stopped defensive backs from, like, nailing the receiver downfield. You can only bump them once within the first five yards. Here are some of the titles that, just recent ones, of the craziest quarterback in Falcons history. The craziest game of Steve Largent's career. Now, I know who Steve Largent is, but maybe if you're younger than me, you don't know. I mean, he was one of the greatest receivers. I think when he retired, he held most major receiving records. He played for the Seattle Seahawks. So you get to know some history of the NFL by watching these. The worst road trip in Steelers history. There's a video about the 1977 Jets. I, and I haven't watched it, but I guess the coach made them wear pantyhose. Now, I do remember that Joe Namath famously did a commercial in pantyhose. So, I have to watch that one. The best thing about these videos, like the ones I suggest, they're short. They're brief. They're about 15 minutes long. They may have a commercial or two in the middle. You can buy for $10 a month. You can buy YouTube Premium, and that gets rid of the commercials. I don't. I, I usually let the commercials run. Often, some of them are after five seconds, you can skip the ad anyhow. But as you know, I'm more of a baseball fan, and you can do this for NFL, NBA, NHL, what I'm about to suggest. Baseball just seems to have a lot of it. You can just type in a game you want to watch, and often somebody has uploaded the game, the complete game. Like if I want to watch Game 6 of the 1986 World Series, famously known as the Buckner game, where the ball went through his legs and Mookie Wilson scored, I can watch the complete 
almost four-hour game, I think it was. It went into the 10th inning. But from there, I've gotten wonderful suggestions as well. Someone uploaded a video from the last night at Chase Stadium video. And it's, I believe it starts, I never saw the whole video, but I believe it starts with that game six. One of the greatest scenes ever to happen at Chase Stadium. And you have interviews like Keith Hernandez, who had made the second out, talks about how he went into the, the coach's office, opened up a beer, and was just waiting for the last out, the Red Sox, to win the World Series. He just didn't want to be on the field. He couldn't deal with it. And, of course, the Mets start coming back. He tells orders everyone, you can't leave. And he starts describing what it felt like from underneath the tunnels of Shea Stadium with the fans above you. He, and he, he says, jokingly, he goes... He, you know, people were jumping up and down so much you could hear it. He's like, I hope this old girl doesn't fa don't fall apart. And it's just neat seeing these interviews of that play that everyone knows about. So you get like clips like that. I don't know if it's illegal to upload it. I mean, if I guess if the New York Mets or Major League Baseball want to go after them for copyright, whoever made that video, they can. They can order it be taken down. But it, it's still been up there for years. Then you find other videos based on that game that you saw somebody uploaded the espn 30 um no, not 30 for 30 years the five reasons why you can't blame bill buckner and it walks through the different other things that went wrong in that game other than i gotta be honest too mookie wilson said well there's a mookie wilson interview he's the man who's who hit the slow grounder up along first that went through buckner's legs and people have put all the blame on Buckner. And that was so wrong. Like I told my daughter, she was in a volleyball game. She was the last server. She hit the net. She also brought her team back from elimination. She brought them to a tie score. It was a rally point. She hit the net. The other team wins. And what I told her was, listen, yeah, you made a mistake, but you didn't lose the game. You just happened to make the last mistake. And like Buckner, that's why everybody remembers it. And I'll give credit to her team. Her, just like Buckner with the Red Sox. Teammates know they made mistakes throughout the game as well. And people who really know the game know that too. But there are interviews with Mookie Wilson where he describes. when There was a pass ball. Everybody kind of forgets about this. The Red Sox are up by one run. Runners on first and third. There's a pass ball or a wild pitch that goes to the backstop. The tying run scores when Mookie Wilson's at bat. Ray Knight goes to second. Now it's tied, and Mookie always says, the pressure was off me. I couldn't lose the game anymore. Even though I make an out, the game continues because it's tied. But see, this is what I mean by you. There is so much on YouTube that, you know, from that just watching game six, reliving watching game six again, I've just shared with you Bunch of other videos that have been made about that very topic. And talking about the mistake of Bill Buckner, one that I would search out is type in Scott Norwood's missed field goal in the Giants-Bills Super Bowl of 1991. And watch the difference. This is really a neat thing to see on YouTube. Watch the difference in the reaction of Red Sox fans and Bills fans to two guys who had an opportunity to do something great for their teams, and they failed. Really impressed with the Bills fans, that might, and really impressed for Jim Kelly, the quarterback, and the other Bills players. I didn't like the Bills in the 90s, 
when they were making their Super Bowl runs. I'm glad they lost. But after watching some of these documentaries about the Buffalo Bills on YouTube, about how they treated Scott Norwood, how Bills players went up to Norwood in the locker room after he missed the field goal that would have won the Super Bowl and said, hey, Scott, I missed the tackle. Jim Kelly going up to him saying, hey, Scott, I should have got a couple more yards for you. I kind of made some mistakes there in the last drive that could have gotten you a couple more yards to nail that field goal. Like that idea of, yeah, you you made the last mistake, but all of us made mistakes that led to us losing. And I discovered that through YouTube. I have a greater appreciation for those Buffalo Bills teams. Now I wish they won. The only one I wish they didn't win was the Giants one, because I'm a Giants fan. I'm going to end up sports with this. One thing you can always type in is type in a specific event, like Buckner Game 6, 1986 World Series, Kirk Gibson Home Run, 1988 World Series. Think of moments that you want to relive, that you just want to see it again. Type that into a search bar. Like, I know Major League Baseball does a great job of uploading those moments in little three to five minute videos. And of course, other creators do it as well as they commentate on them. I mean, the best thing about YouTube is it is a smorgasbord of topics and information that you can either relive your past and watch some things or watch creators' documentaries on topics that you may not know that well. And that's gonna take us to history videos. I'm a history teacher. And you can find a lot of great things online for education. Of course, the great, the greatest series, I have to admit, are the Crash Course series of educational videos by the Green Brothers. John Green, who is the more well-known of the brothers, because he also is an author who wrote the book, The Fault in Our Stars, but his brother Hank, He does more of the science type videos where John does more of the history types of humanities are John, the science is Hank. They actually did an economic one. And one guy I'm going to put out there because I use his videos in the classroom to talk about basic economics. Now, I'm not an economics teacher. This guy was a guy named Mr. Clifford. He does a great video on scarcity exchange using Star Wars. Now, Mr. Clifford is in a series of crash course economic videos with a woman they'd hired. My personal belief is what happened was Mr. Clifford in his own videos was just flat out campaigning for that position. Now I'm gonna suggest you just do some research for history videos. I tend to like the history videos made by in the trenches teachers because teachers in the trenches are just giving out facts. If you have some history event you want to know more of, and you see that it's a low budget, find a history teacher that you enjoy listening to. Don't worry about that it seems just like a PowerPoint presentation with a male or woman's voice, whoever the teacher is, over the top of it. You could learn a lot from them. And the one thing nice about those are they tend just to be the facts. And they're not emphasizing a political bias. I mean, one history teacher who's become a YouTube star that I avoid is Mr. Beat, because honestly, when I watch some of his videos, I ask myself, okay, so what is he doing here? Teaching? Will he be teaching my students something, or will he be telling them how to think? And often I think he's trying to tell people how to think, so I avoid Mr. Beat. A teacher, another YouTube history star that I will use on occasion is Hip Hughes. 
I believe he tends to be more fair on his analysis. But to be honest, I tend to create my own little, I'm the guy who's making little PowerPoints. Since I have an Apple, I make keynote videos where I put my voice on because that way I can tailor the information to what the curriculum is in my classroom a little better than if I scan YouTube. Now, I'm not, I'm going to be honest. Sometimes I do scan YouTube because there is a video that just captures it right, like the Mr. Clifford videos I'll use. And there are history songs that have been created. Some of them by teachers. There's one on Mansa Musa by this, I think, this woman teacher in Hawaii. Um, it's I'll Tumble For You by Culture Club. She changes to I'm Mansa Musa. She, the description said that she took her French teacher friend and dressed him up like Mansa Musa. It's a, kind of, the kids kind of love the video. There's also called Sing History, which I believe is put out by DreamWorks. And they have a Genghis Khan song uh, that kind of talks about Genghis Khan in a fun, it's a cartoon, it's fun, my students love it. So there's just other options if you want to go the history route. Now, if you just want to learn information though, I, you know, you don't care about like the classroom, you just want to learn tidbits of history, facts that you never even thought of. The man you need to find is Simon Whistler. He is a British guy who, it seems like every time I turn one of his videos on, he's like, oh, I started a new YouTube channel. I guess he only has 16, just feels that way. But he talks on a wide range of topics. They're interesting. They look pretty professional, well-researched. Some of his videos he's produced, he does top tens list. Like he has one, 10 most more outrageously dumb Darwin Award winners. He had, these are just some of the topics I pulled up, like right now I'm looking at the YouTube. Bizarre experiments that went way too far. Stephen King's rage. North Korea's failed mega projects. So a lot of different topics. And he's pretty interesting. He's pretty easy to listen to. So look up Simon Whistler. You'll probably get lost in his videos easily for a few hours, maybe learning some useless information that you can share at a party. I don't know. The other, along with that, in terms of finding out things that you just may be interested in, the other channel, which is more of a cartoon-based, but more adult cartoon-based um, episodes, is the Infographics Show. I'm going to give you some titles um, from their channel. Things like What Happens When You Die, What If Belarus Joins Forces With Russia Against the Ukraine, Spending $1 billion in 24 hours. I slept three hours a day for a week and this is what happened. You versus Thanos, how can you defeat and survive him? So some are more historically based. Some are just outrageous. They all are very interesting. So the infographic show is another channel I can recommend. So what do you think so far? Have I hit on something you're interested in? If there's something else another topic that you would like me to talk about and find videos about for you, please, again, reach out to me at ptcpodcast411 at gmail.com. P's and parent, T's and teacher, C's and conference, podcast 411. All one word, ptcpodcast411 at gmail.com. And again, share this link out with a friend if I do have some good points of some great YouTube channels that you could be watching right now instead of watching some lame show on Netflix. Of course, there are some interesting lectures you can listen to, interesting discussions. The person that I really enjoy listening to on 
YouTube, I get my Thomas Sowell fix. If you know who Thomas Sowell is, you should. He is, I believe he is the greatest living American intellectual. Definitely a guy who takes big concepts and brings it right down to common sense, everyday layman's language. He works for the Hoover Institute in Stanford University. I think he is a professor emeritus. He's in his 90s. And it's so fun listening to him because he has this great laugh. He has this like belly laugh. It's just fun, but he's a tremendous, he's a genius. Granted, I'm going to tell you, he comes from the libertarian conservative side. But if even if you don't, if you're listening to me and you're a liberal, you're progressive, listen to him. He is going to present things that should make you think. I, I listen to progressives like somebody I find out on YouTube. And when he does his show on HBO, he always puts out clips every, the next day. And because I, I don't have HBO, is Bill Maher. Now, he is from the liberal side. And I enjoy listening to him because he gives everyone a chance to speak on his show. And right now, I've been listening to his podcast um, where he brings in guests into some, it looks like, a little basement bar, I'm sure it's just a set, and he calls it Club Random. And I gotta be honest, I discovered Joe Rogan during, I mean, I knew who Joe Rogan was, don't get me wrong, I know who Joe Rogan was, but I discovered, and now I listen to him because of the COVID lockdowns. I would watch his podcast on YouTube. My wife would come in and yell at me because it was on too loud, and of course, because Rogan uses vulgarities, and I had two young girls. But you have the opportunity not just to hear their podcast, but watch the podcast. A lot of them, it's a audio and video podcast for both mediums. So, you, know, you can listen to it on the podcast episode. It's the same thing you're going to get on the YouTube channel as well. Now, the last one, and maybe something you've been waiting for, is videos for kids. Now, my youngest daughter loves these two YouTube stars. I'm going to give you three. There's actually one that she doesn't watch as much anymore. I think she's aging out. She'll soon, she'll soon age out of these two people as well. Who, It's a shame. It's going to be that end of childhood, right? You're going to be like, right now I complain that she watches them all the time. But yet, I know in about three years when she's in high school and she's not watching them anymore, I am going to be like, oh, I, I, I miss it when she was watching Rebecca Zamola or V. Quaint. And before I get to who those two women are, the, the show that I always bust her for, and she doesn't watch it as much anymore, is Lanky Box. And it's these two guys who, for the most part, they play Roblox. My daughter was into Roblox. That's how she was connecting with her friends during this, the lockdowns when you couldn't go out and see anybody. And I don't know if one of her friends suggested this or she just happened to find it out because she did a search for Roblox. But these two guys, Adam and Justin. Justin's the crazy one, Adam's the sane one. So like, I always joke with my daughter, this, I'm gonna give you my impression. First it's gonna be Justin's voice, and then it's gonna be Adam. So it's like, something is said, and Justin goes, what? And Adam's like, ha, 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 ha. So we say like, like what? And laughter, you know, that's, that's why I think of the Lanky Box show. They even had stuffed animals for sale. Of course, my daughter had to get one for her birthday. They did expand, from just playing Roblox and showing that they have their own world within Roblox. They do parodies, they do challenges, they've mixed it up. But one thing I do want to say that, and you might see your child do this and you may question it. Something that students love, there's even a 
app you can buy. Like there's a channel that all it is is gamers playing. You watch gamers playing games. And your kids may be fascinated by it, by watching somebody play Roblox, like my daughter in this sense, or watching somebody play Madden, right, the football game. And you may be sitting there, and why don't you play it yourself? I, mean, I don't want you playing video games. I'd rather you go outside. But, man, this is like really passive. You're not even playing the game. You're watching somebody else play it. But I'm going to share this with you. Think about it this way. Would you have made the same argument if your child was watching an NBA game or a Major League Baseball game or a football game or a soccer match? Are you going to say, hey, why are you passively watching it? Why aren't you outside playing it? It's really the same thing. They're into video games and they're watching the best of the best compete. They're seeing when they play the video game how they can get better. Don't If you're going to allow them to play video games, we shouldn't be shocked that they're watching people play at the very best. I played baseball and there were times I was camped out. I still remember Saturday afternoons before the Mets came on TV, I would watch This Week in Baseball after I heated up some pizza from Friday night pizza night the night before. And I watched This Week in Baseball, then watched the Mets game. Or as I got older, watching ESPN for the highlights. It's really the same thing. I mean, the real question is, how much video game time you're going to want your kid to have. And you know, that's a different issue. But if you're going to allow them to play, don't be surprised that they're going to want to watch the very best, just like you want to watch the very best when it comes to sports. Now, the last two women I mentioned earlier, Rebecca Zamola, which is really my daughter loves her. She, she wants to go to Los Angeles. She believes that if we walk around Los Angeles, we'll run into Rebecca Zamola or V. Quaint. The best way to describe their shows, I have said that it's kind of like watching Scooby-Doo and the gang solve their mysteries. Always their shows, they contrive some group that's out to get them. You know, on Rebecca Zamola, it was the Game Master. There was Project Zorgo, which I think is V. Quaint. Again, some of these kind of run together. And they have a cast of characters. Ten these characters tend to, like, uh, they both, Rebecca Zamolo and B. Quaint, both have their husbands as one of their cast of characters. They have friends, relatives, cousins, and that's the gang. That's like the main cast. And every so often they pull people in. And what you'll see too is, like, Rebecca Zamolo have done, has done episodes where they bring in other YouTube stars. These are geared towards kids. Now, there was one episode of Rebecca Zamolo, which I question. It was when they lost a, they had these challenge. They have these challenges they do. They have to eat things, or they have to survive in a bounce house for 24 hours, and they film the episode. Of course, it gets you know silly. The one I did question. There was one where they got something wrong. They had to take off an article of clothing. Now, it was, it's one of those things, as you watch it, it's very tame. It's very G-rated. Not, they're not going anywhere. That They're not sexualizing anything. However, as a parent, you do have to step back and say, that's not something I want to encourage my child to do. Because although I do trust you, and you're not going to take it too far because you've made hundreds of videos, and these are geared towards kids, I don't think that episode was 
thought out that well. And I'm hoping that Mrs. Zamolo has a child herself. She starts thinking that way. But for the most part, the majority episodes are very clean. Not the majority, almost all the rest. They're very clean. They're silly. You can't watch it as a parent. Like, I would be critical of it. Like, they would have this, um, they have this evil twin, Rebecca Zamolo, right? And I would go to my daughter. You know that's just Rebecca Zamolo, and they do something digitally to her eyes to make them look red, right? Be quiet, Dad. No, no, that's the evil Rebecca Zamolo. And, and V-Queen is very similar. Like, my favorite character in V-Queen is Melvin. Sometimes he portrays a good guy. Most times he portrays a good guy with the gang. Sometimes he's evil. But it's nothing bad. It's just pure kid silliness. You, you kind of have to respect both women and their gang for saying to themselves, hey, you know what? What will get a lot of hits for us? We just make content for kids, young kids, that are, is suitable for young kids and is a lot of fun. And like I said, when I tried to wrap my head around why these people were successful, the only thing I could come up with is this is very similar to Scooby-Doo. The only difference is that they can interact with the audience. They'll often turn to the camera and say, um, Rebecca Zamola calls her viewers the Zam Fam. Okay, Zam Fam, what do you think? Do you think we should go down this path or not? Put your comment, put your thoughts in the comments. So the child can feel like they're interacting with the video. And some of their adventures are serial based, where It'll be a series of shows, these little 10, 15 minute videos that take them from start to finish. For like Rebecca Zamolo, which again, I, I'm talking more about her than V Queen because I've seen that more than V Queen. My daughter has it up on the TV. But V Queen is very similar. In Rebecca Zamolo, they have the Game Master, the Quadrant. They're all after them. Eventually, some of these people became allies with Rebecca, the Zam Fam. Just good, clean fun. I would I recommend them. I wouldn't recommend the one where they have the challenge where they have to remove like their socks and their sweatshirt down to a t-shirt. I, I wouldn't recommend that episode. But the rest, with, with anything, right? Even though I'm making these suggestions, if you're going to show it to your kid, you should be a good parent. Step in and think, hey, is this going to be good for my child? That's just being a good parent. And I have to admit, maybe I need to do that a little more as well. What did I miss? Is there anything? I mean, I'm not going to talk much longer. I'm getting close to the 40 minute mark, but I hope you appreciate this episode on sharing some different ideas of YouTube channels that you can watch while you're waiting for the writers and actor strike to be over. Please, as I said, if you have any other suggestions, ones that you would like me to promote on this podcast, please reach out to me at ptcpodcast411 at gmail.com. P is in parent, T is in teacher, C is in conference podcast, 411, all one word at gmail.com. I hope this episode has encouraged you to do your own YouTube channel hunt. Thank you for joining me on the Parent Teacher Conference podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, please share this podcast with friends. They can be teachers, they can be parents, they can be someone who's just interested in education and parenting. If you have a comment, a question, or an idea for a future topic, please feel free to reach out to me at ptcpodcast411 at gmail.com. ptcpodcast411 at gmail.com. Remember, a good teacher 
cares deeply for their students. But good parents love those students, their children, deeply.